Pac-12 today. John O'Connell here, Jeff Schwartz on the other end, and Jim McGill of the Bear Insider joining us to talk a little Cal Spring football. Jim, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing, Jeff? Doing all right. Um, actually, before we get into any kind of uh, spring football discussion, I know that you've been probably pretty focused on this, but Cal's uh, Pac-12 basketball season was less than stellar. They did show some improvement at the end and, and, and heated up and maybe showed some strides. Is there optimism at all in Berkeley about where this basketball team can be headed in the future? That was a real barn burner season, huh? Yeah. Um, really not a lot of optimism, honestly. I think a lot of people are confused by how the season ended. Like where, where was the defensive intensity earlier in the year? And is it a mirage? I mean, are, is it just, a little streak they put together or are these young guys starting to come together and might they be able to do something later on? I don't, I don't know. I think people are a little bit jaded because 15 losses in a row in league, it's got to mean something. Um, I know they're young, but you'd like to see more, at least occasional wins during league season to indicate that there's something good happening in the future, but it'll be interesting to see. Who do you think wins the, the Pac-12 tournament? We've got four teams left. Uh, I'm going with my Ducks because I think that they're the hottest team in the conference right now. No, they're pretty hot, but uh, I I think defense and both basketball and football can always step up in pressure situations, and nobody plays defense like UW, so I'm going to have to go with them. We'll, uh, we'll observe what's going on in that Pac-12 tournament and hope that it's like at least a two- or three-bid league, obviously, but let's talk some, some Cal Spring football. Um, looks like a couple guys – returned to practice this week after sitting out for some injuries and other reasons. Uh, how important is it to have closer to a full roster in camp? Well, the springtime really is almost more mental and physical repetition reps than it is anything for the guys that return. The new guys it's a little more crucial for because they're learning the playbook for the first time, and when they miss time, they're, they're missing more than these returning guys. Jordan Duncan's probably the biggest guy that was out for a while that's back, and, and he's, a, he's the veteran of the receiving core being a senior and having three years of fairly significant playing experience. It's nice to have him back. I think he could have come back a little earlier, but they're always a little careful with guys' health, and they don't want to push him back, especially in the spring where it's not real critical that experienced guys be out there. And... uh Returning quarterback Brandon McIlwain, uh, who is now splitting time between running back and receiver, a little bit more running back. He was out for a while, too. He plays on the baseball team, and he's their number two hitter right now. He's doing real well, and when he's on the road with the team, he's not practicing with the football team, obviously. And if he's got a game day situation like he does today, he'll be there for mental reps, but uh, not participating to the same extent as the others. McCallan Castles is another guy, a redshirt freshman tight end, who I think is going to play a key role in the offense this year. He was out for a little bit, but he was back practicing again today, too, and that was good to see. Not not sure how much practice that you got to see, but how's the quarterback situation going? Obviously, needs improvement o- o- over last season. I have to feel the offense in general has got to, had, you know, got to be a big focus this spring. It's a huge focus. As the quarterback situation at Cal goes, 
the offense and the overall team performance goes. A consistent quarterback play last year was the difference between a, a 10-win season and a 7-win season. It was a pretty close margin. It's an interesting competition right now. It's primarily between Chase Garbers, who took the majority of the starts last year, and UCLA transfer quarterback Devin Modster. And Garbers has made a, a nice step forward. He ended the year on a pretty low note, throwing a, a number of picks in the Stanford and the uh, TCU bowl game. And it kind of left people with a bad taste in their mouth, wondering if it, it was a regression and more of an accurate indication of Garbers' potential future, or if it was just maybe an anomaly and something he needed to step away from and overcome this spring. He looks like a different quarterback. Keep in mind, we don't get to see practice during the season. We only get to see fall camp and spring ball, but the difference between fall camp like eight months ago and spring ball right now is massive. He, he looks so much better and that doesn't mean it's going to translate into a game that Garbers is throwing the ball with a lot of authority and he's a completing balls down field 20 30 yards in traffic which is something he didn't do much of last season so if he keeps that up he might be hard to beat out but monster is a guy that as a true freshman including a game against cal showed that he had some some real talent to complete passes downfield and in traffic and move the chains and avoid interceptions so when he could begins to master the offense a little bit more he's really only been here through 10 practices We'll really get a chance to see if he's going to push Garbers to start. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up beating him out if he continues to improve at a rapid pace. But it should be an interesting battle that I don't think will be decided until early to mid-fall camp. What will the response be if there's not like a definitive starter statement made, uh, I don't know, any time in camp? I was surprised over the course of the season last year when we would have members of the coaching staff on. We'd ask them about you know, several different people suiting up to play quarterback, you know, that the old adage is that if you have more than one, you don't have any and all that good stuff. And not every coach agrees with that, but it seemed like this Cal staff was maybe overly comfortable with shuffling things around at the QB position, even late in the season. Does a philosophical change need to happen? I don't think that they necessarily were comfortable shuffling. I think they were looking for an answer. They came into fall camp and midway through fall camp last season thinking almost 100% that Bowers was going to be the starter. He was the returning starter. He had a really good spring. He had a solid summer and player-led workouts. He started off fall camp really really leading the team well, and then the wheels came off. We, we think it was because of a, a finger injury mid-camp that he never said anything about, but nobody ever really knew for sure, and when he started off the season against North Carolina, just didn't have it. He got pulled after the first quarter, and from, from then on it was almost like quarterback roulette. They liked McIlwain a lot because he was a plus offensive player. They had limited guys who could really create big plays. He was one of the few that did. But when the turnovers started to pile up, especially in a crucial way, like against the uh, Arizona Wildcats when Cal had the game in hand and they, they gave it up due to some crucial turnovers by, by McIlwain, that started to change the equation, and they, they gave Garbers a chance, even though they might not have been comfortable starting a redshirt freshman at that point who didn't show all that well in, in fall camp. And when he did some good things after struggling against Oregon, they thought maybe maybe he might have it. But, you know, I, I, I don't know what happened late in the year, but those critical interceptions against Stanford and, and TCU created a situation where 
yeah, they they had a guy starting for the last six or seven games, but they they didn't really feel like they necessarily had the the future direction they wanted to go in, and they needed to see more. So we're back in the quarterback roulette situation this this spring ball and in fall. I don't think people were expecting Cal to name a starter out of spring at all because Monster's so new to the program. I think if they go all the way to the end of of fall camp and don't name somebody till the last week or last 10 days, that's where frustration will start to come out. But I have a feeling they're going to name a quarterback earlier this fall than they did last fall. I don't think they want to do a lot of rotating, to be honest. So I'm a hundred percent on board with naming a quarterback about two weeks out of camp. Cause I feel like you need the number one guy to get the reps with the number one offense. You need him to take all the reps possible because there's not a lot of reps anymore. Is there worry amongst Cal fans that, they they won't be able to evaluate these quarterbacks. As you mentioned it. If you enter fall, if you leave fall camp with a starter, you typically he's your guy, right? Like you've evaluated him through training camp, and to pull him so soon as it did last year, do you think that has fans worried that they'll make the wrong decision again this year? I don't think they are coming into the season thinking the staff will pull a guy right away. I think Bauer's situation was unique. There was obviously something that had been off for weeks and they weren't ready to just move away from him because he, he ended the fall camp bad. But when it was apparent in the first quarter of the game that either he physically or mentally wasn't ready, they felt like they had to make a move right away or they were going to start off the season with a crucial loss. I, I don't think this situation this year is, is is very similar unless we have another injury situation that impacts either Garbers or Monsters play in, in fall camp and, uh, I don't know. I mean, usually that's more apparent when a quarterback's injured. Usually it's not covered up, and uh, you just you have to sit a guy when he, he needs to get healthy. I'm, I don't know. I don't think people are too worried about it. I think people are real curious to see if Garbers is taking the step up that he needs to to, to be able to win back his position or if Monster's a guy that's going to push him hard enough that he's going to take over. Jim McGill of Bear Insiders, our guest here on Pac-12 Today, talking a little Cal Spring football. Um, the the identity of Cal has shifted to the defensive side of the ball a little bit, and they've made a commitment to the new head coach. Um, and it feels like this program is trending in the right direction, but you lost some important personnel off the defense uh, to graduation and stuff like that. Who are going to be, you think, the, the big defensive personalities on this Cal team? The interesting thing is that they really only lost two impact guys on defense. One is Chris Palmer, who is a big defensive tackle, who took probably 50 to 60% of the snaps. And the biggest loss would probably be inside linebacker Jordan Kanashik. He put up huge numbers. He was the number six tackler in the nation, number three in the Pac-12. Uh, he was joined by Evan Weaver as a, just a, a stellar inside linebacking duo. Weaver was actually number two in the Pac-12 and number two in the nation in tackles with 158. They combined for over 300 tackles, which is insane. So I would say Weaver is pretty much the unquestioned leader on the defense. He's very vocal. He's very passionate, very productive. Another leader has proven to be Jalen Hawkins, uh, returning safety, who had three interceptions in the, the bowl game. There are a number of other returning players that are playing good leadership roles, some of them more quiet, that lead by example, some that are a little more vocal. Their whole defensive backfield is, is pretty stellar. They return every every starter there. Um, 
the defensive line has some younger guys that are working in along with some veterans like Luke Beckett. He is definitely one of the leaders too. And, uh, Zionde Johnson is a redshirt junior who has managed to stay healthy for a year for the, the first time in, in quite a while. And he, he's a guy that can contribute well. And there's some redshirt freshmen that got their feet wet playing three or four games like Nick Alfton. Um, Jade Tevis is another, another big guy that got a lot of, brought in a lot of tall guys, athletic guys that they wanted to add good weight to, to just add length to the defense. And they're pretty excited about the addition of some of these young guys that are starting to grow into their bodies and, and show flashes in camp. I think though, between Weaver and the defensive backfield and Beckett, that's where you're going to see most of the defensive leadership. And I expect that defensive group to be as strong or stronger as they were last season. I'm almost thinking a little bit stronger. What is the uh, the max wins, or what do you think is acceptable in this in this twenty nineteen season? Is it is it eight wins, nine wins? Is nine a little too much for this Cal team? I think eight wins is the least amount that Cal fans are going to be happy with. Their schedule's more difficult this year, home versus road, and who they're playing where. Um, so it will be a challenge. But ideally, to show that they're taking a step forward, nine wins would be would be a better indication. They have to play consistent ball. They have to show a more balanced offensive attack, running and passing the ball, than they did last year to be able to do that. But if they do find a quarterback and their their quartet of running backs who are getting most of the reps right now are productive, which it seems like they have the potential to be, I, I do think they have the ability to get to nine wins. But there's not a lot of margin for error there either. When we look at uh, the overall trajectory of Cal football with the the aforementioned commitment to a new coach, um, how long do you think until this this team's starting to compete again, maybe on at least a four-year cycle for championships? For championships, I think they may need a little bit more injection of elite talent. They've done a good job of identifying three-star caliber guys that have outperformed their rankings and have been really good players for them. But to mix in some of their legendary type players they've had in recent decades, like Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Jackson, Marshawn Lynch, some of those type caliber guys, I think that's the type of uh, talent injection that can push them over the top. And to get to nine wins, maybe even surprise and get to 10 with a, a bowl game, that's the type of thing that I think will start to turn some of the more elite recruits heads. And if you get a couple of those guys in and throw them into the mix of, of the talent base they're building up right now, that's what I think it'll take. And I think it's pretty realistic, but these higher end guys, if they're going to come to a, a tough academic school, they need to know that they're going to win too. They want to see both sides of the coin. I'm glad you mentioned all the guys like Marshawn and Deshaun in the NFL. I think people don't realize Cal has a ton of players in the National Football League, like a lot more than, than than people would expect. Is that used? I mean, I have to imagine. I guess it's used in recruiting to you know, to bring kids to Cal, right? It is quite a bit, and they are the number two yeah. university in in uh, overall um, payroll right now in the NFL. If you add up the contracts of the Cal guys, it's number two in the whole NFL, which is pretty impressive. And they don't just have numbers in the NFL; they they have they have high end guys. They had the most starters or players in the Pro Bowl this year at five in the whole country. They were tied with, uh, I believe it was Oklahoma with five. They had the most players in the Super Bowl with four. These 
these are impact guys, not just guys that are on practice squads. So it's pretty impressive, and they do sell that pretty well. That's Jim McGill of Bear Insider, kind enough to lend some perspective on this Cal program. Jim, thanks for your time. Sure, appreciate it, guys.